1: On the science revolution this week, COVID has made it excruciatingly obvious that the Republican party has devolved into a sort of wealth-worshipping death cult devoted only to rich people and big corporations who in turn fund their campaigns. Ellen Montgomery with Environment America is here on the Trump administration's rush to open Anwar to oil drilling. This could be catastrophic. Dr. Mark Plotkin with the Amazon conservation team drops by about healing the forest inferno. We need conservation of the Amazon in the face of fires and the pandemic. Stay tuned. Tom Hartman here with you. While the Problem Makers Caucus, this group of Democratic and Republican senators who are most heavily funded by big corporations and special interests, have gotten together and proposed tentatively some outlines that, well, we'll see. We're we're still learning about it. Mitch McConnell and the Senate Republicans have actually put forward a proposal. It would let employers injure or even kill their workers and ban any even opportunity for a worker to hold their employer responsible for their disability or death. Specifically, it's intended at COVID, but God only knows how far they'll extend this or once they get it into law, what they'll add to it, right? And all of this in exchange for a one month extension of the unemployment benefits that are going to expire the day after Christmas. One month. Y'all get one month, your employers get to kill you without consequence forever. These Republicans in the Senate are actually, in my opinion, trying to sabotage the incoming Biden administration. And as usual for Republicans, you know, we've had this contest on this program for 17 years now. Anybody who can name one piece of legislation that was initiated by a Republican, passed by a majority of Republicans, and signed into law by a Republican president, one piece of legislation that principally benefits working-class people or poor people, if you can name one piece of legislation in the last 40 years, I will send you an autographed copy of one of my, any your choice of my books. And nobody has won that prize in 17 17- Years. This is what they do. And, you know, it's been six months since the House passed that $3 trillion Heroes Act that would have given American workers $600 a week and more than two months since the House passed a slimmed down $2.2 trillion version that would have given unemployed workers an extra $300 a week. Both of them were shot down by Mitch McConnell in the Senate. They both passed the House of Representatives. So, McConnell today proposed this new stimulus bill that gives workers not $600 extra a week, not $300 extra a week, but $0 extra a week. That is not a typo. $0 ends your right to sue and brings back massive tax breaks for big business. This is just mind boggling. We all know Republicans have opposed unemployment benefits since Franklin Roosevelt put them into law. I think it was in 1936 or 37. So it's not surprising. I mean, this is what Republicans do, right? You know, trash unemployment benefits, trash working people. Make sure that people like Kelly Loeffler and David Perdue flying around in their private jets. Loeffler actually owns a private jet, <laughs> and living in their gated communities and their fancy mansions and whatever, you know, with their live-in staff and whatnot. I don't know specifically if if uh, Perdue lives quite that high, but Kelly Loeffler is the richest person in the Senate, and Mitt Romney's close to a billionaire. So. That's pretty up there. I mean, your husband owns the New York Stock Exchange. He's not just like the president. He owns it. So this is what they do. And in addition, 20 million Americans' eviction protections are going to run out at the end of this month. I mean, this is nuts. McConnell does throw a small bone to education and vaccine distribution, a total of about $200 billion between the two of them. But basically, they embedded a time bomb in there that's going to blow up in Joe Biden's face by making it illegal for the Treasury Department to continue to support the Fed in supporting the big corporations of the New York Stock Exchange, which could mean that right after the first of the year, the stock market goes to hell. Now, you know, I'm not making a prediction. They'll take decisions based on anything I say. This is what Republicans do. They only exist to serve their billionaire and corporate masters, and their billionaire and corporate masters return the favor by largely funding every Republican member of Congress and every Republican member of the House and Senate of every state in the country or State Assembly or House of Burgesses or whatever it may be. This is who they are. This is what they do. So anyhow, we need, to, we need to be reaching out. Reach out to Congress at 202-224-3121. Speak to both your senators and your member of the House of Representatives, or reach out by email. You can reach out by social media. Tell them to put the tens of millions of unemployed and hungry people in America ahead of the three martini lunches and the liability limits for meatpacking plants and giant corporations, you know, warehouse operations and things where where people have been forced to to work under conditions that have caused them to get sick, and many have died. And those employers are now saying, hey, (laughs) stop my employees from suing me. I just killed a few of them. Um, Yeah, time to end that. Ron DeSantis was on TV saying, well, you know, we don't have to worry all that much about this, you know, mask mandate thing. I mean, you know, look at the states that have mask mandates. Uh, you know, look at Illinois. Look at, uh, look at uh, uh, Minnesota. They've, they had a mask mandate and now they, people are getting infected there too. This is absolute brilliance from one of the smartest governors in America, Ron DeSantis. Um, I, uh, along the same lines, I uh, caught this meme the other day. I saw it over on, um, I believe it was Democratic Underground. I'm not sure where, where I first saw this, but I've seen it since, since then. I've seen it four or five different places around the web. And uh, you know, it's got a picture of a couple of people wearing a mask and, and coats. And it says, I see people wearing winter coats and hats. What a bunch of sheep. LOL. I did my own research and found out that only 1,500 people died from hypothermia in the U.S. last year. That's only 0. .0005% of the population. They live in fear of something that 99.9995% of people won't die from. And it gets better. A lot of the people who died from hypothermia were wearing coats and hats, and they still died. Coats don't work. I mean, that's, you know, apparently the, 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 the main Republican message now, right? Masks don't. So, hey, you know, when you go in for surgery, if you're a Republican, just tell your surgeon, ah, you don't have to wear a mask. You can just breathe into my open wounds. Right. Governor Kristi Noem of uh, South Dakota has turned her state into one of the hottest COVID hotspots hot spots, literally in the world. She says mask mandates aren't the solution. You have to wonder, South Dakota, does she wear a coat when she goes outside? I mean, by Republican logic, coats don't work, right? What these Republican governors are doing is trying to imitate Trump in order to suck up to his basically neo-Nazi, crazed, right-wing, hate radio, marinated uh, followers. They think it's going to help them politically. They think it's going to turn them into heroes in the future. And I think that they're going to see what what we're going to see is the collapse of the Trump coalition, if you want to call it that, or the Trump movement. It's going to collapse just like the Tea Party movement collapsed. And for the same reason, because there's no there there. It's all conspiracy theories and weirdness. But in the meantime, the U.S. is averaging 47 COVID deaths per 100,000. Put that number in your brain, 47 out of every 100,000 Americans Excuse me, out of every 100,000 Americans, 47 die from COVID. The death rate in Taiwan is 0.03. Three one-hundredths of a person per 100,000 people. In other words, you'd have to have 30 million people to have one death in Taiwan. Or maybe it's three million. I I don't do math in my head well. But in any case... Vietnam is .04. Thailand is .09. China is .34. Keep in mind, we are 47.00. New Zealand and Singapore tie at .51. South Korea is way up there at 1.02. And Norway has an embarrassing 6.17 people who die for every 100,000 Norwegians. We are at 47.00. Those were all governments that took COVID seriously, that imposed mask mandates and social distancing, and whose governments protected their people. Here, though, you know, Republicans gave us a quack doctor from Fox News who was promoting herd immunity. I mean, this is literally the most massive health crisis and economic crisis in a century. And Mitch McConnell and the Republicans have refused to pass any of the legislation, that would help average Americans that has come out of the House. And and McConnell has even said one of the reasons why he refuses to pass any of the multiple bills that that they passed out of the House is that any bill, any COVID relief bill, must contain a waiver of liability for employers who force their employees into situations where they could get COVID, and they do get COVID, and they die. Mitch McConnell wants to make sure that their families can't sue and there's this bipartisan group of senators right now who are getting together to put together a package, and sure enough, they're going to put in Mitch McConnell's limitations of liability. It's only, however, the compromise is it'll only last for another six months or something like that, the limitation of liability. In other words, there's going to be a window... From basically now until maybe, you know, the time that everybody gets the vaccine, say in the fall, there's going to be this window where your employer can force you into a situation where you get COVID and you can't do or say anything about it and you may not sue. That's the Republicans' price for extending long-term unemployment. They're talking about $300 a week now instead of worrying about the 13 million americans with covid the 20 million americans on unemployment the one in five american families who don't have enough food for their children republicans are pushing liability limitations i mean in the last 40 years every time republicans take control of government they give massive tax breaks to the richest americans they let corporations increase their pollution and riff off their customers and they fill critical government posts with partisan hacks And now they're allowing mass death, whether you call it murder or homicide or manslaughter or simply political malpractice, all so they can serve their first priority, wealthy Americans safely cocooned in their mansions with live-in staff and private jets. You know, people like Kelly Loeffler. on the line with us is Ellen Montgomery the field director of Public Lands with Environment America environmentamerica.org is the website envam is the twitter handle ellen welcome to the program tell us about this press release i read over on common dreams about the trump administration's dangerous catastrophic actually was the word you guys used rush to open the alaska natural wildlife reserve if i'm remembering that that's what anwar stands for to oil drilling Please correct my acronym, too. uh,
2: First thing to know is
0: that for decades, the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge in northern... Yeah, (laughs) Um, it's in northern Alaska, has stood as a symbol of our nation's strong natural legacy. It's home to endangered polar bears, caribou, wolves, musk oxen, and migratory birds that travel to all 50 states and destroying their home for just a bit more oil is a tragic mistake and we can't let it happen.
1: Isn't it fiat accompli? I mean, aren't they right now selling off these lands or is it possible this is, you know, sort of like some of the executive orders Trump has done, this is the sort of thing that a Biden administration might be able to undo?
0: Right, well, first of all, President-elect Biden has committed to protecting the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge and the Trump administration is rushing this through, trying to get it done by the end of President Trump's tenure and not fully considering the environmental impact. timeline is, in fact, so rushed. While on the one hand, bad news for the, the refuge, because it's being opened for leasing its also, will it's very unlikely that the entire process will be finished and that, and that drilling will actually have started. There are a set of things that they have to do before they can actually open up the land. So it's essentially rushing something through that ought to take a lot longer, but frankly, shouldn't be happening at all.
1: But once a, uh, you know, Shell or BP or, you know, pick your favorite company that donates massive amounts of cash to Republican members of Congress, once they have signed a lease, is that a revocable lease? Do they get their money back if there's a deposit? I don't know how this process works.
0: In order to actually start any kind of exploration, there are a number of additional processes that would need to happen, including environmental assessments, a variety of things. And so it's certainly not a uh, done deal that these companies would be able to just start drilling, although we think and the rest of the environmental community thinks better to, to stop this and speak out the next 30 days. And we're, in fact, urging oil companies including Chevron, just to take a pass on the entire process.
1: Have any companies signed up?
0: I actually don't know. The um, official publication was just today, and mm-hmm. I, I don't know that that uh, information is actually available to us yet.
1: So it takes a while for this to become a matter of public record. I guess the, the essence of my question, we're talking with Ellen Montgomery, the field director with Public Lands, of Environment America, environmentamerica.org. I guess the, the essence of my question was, Is this a stunt by Trump on his way out of office to basically flip the finger to environmentalists in America? Or is this an actual real effort on the part of the Trump administration to hand something of value to some of their largest and most wealthy campaign donors?
0: Grounds for this were laid in 2017 when Trump signed a tax bill, basically, that included a a provision that required lease sales for oil and gas development. So this has, has been on his, or on the Trump administration's agenda for a couple years, but the last minute speed up of the process is certainly unwelcome and, uh, and seems quite, quite rushed and, and unlikely to, to result in a clear or successful process.
1: If it's an attempt to just, you know, grandstand one last time for the benefit of Charles Koch and other oil billionaires, then probably something that's worth calling out and decrying or condemning, but not anything that Congress really needs to get involved with. On the other hand, if they're actually signing contracts with real oil companies, and those companies are handing over millions of dollars in uh, deposit, and if there are provisions in those contracts that make them irrevocable or very difficult to revoke using a normal political process, then it becomes a whole different thing. Then it becomes war. And I'm trying to figure out which of these two it is, or is it something in between? How freaked out do we need to be? Is this something that's worth calling our, our members of Congress right now and raising hell about? Or is this just another example of the bad faith and the, and the basically hatred of, of this country that, that we see on display from, from these right-wing billionaires and Donald Trump and the people around him?
0: it is absolutely worth reaching out to members of congress the arctic national wildlife refuge is a unique and incredible piece of the american public land portfolio it's something that it absolutely must not be destroyed and this is a area that oil companies have had their eye on or eyes on for decades we know that there is widespread public support And that there's been bipartisan support in the past to protect this area. We believe there can be bipartisan support in the next Congress to protect this area. And so folks who are concerned should absolutely reach out to their members of Congress and call for concrete solution permanently protecting this area um, of the coastal plain of the refuge.
1: Great. And you can, of course, tweet your members of Congress. You can call them at 202-225-3121. You can contact their local offices. You can send them uh, emails. You, I mean, there's just all kinds of ways to reach out to them. Ellen, do you expect that—we're talking with Ellen Montgomery, the field director for public lands with environmentamerica.org— Ellen, do you expect that once the Biden administration comes in, I'm seeing all these press releases that uh, Biden's first environmental appointee is a person who's taken a lot of money from the fossil fuel industry, that this battle is going to continue? Or has the Biden administration or has Joe Biden pre-baked this cake? Has he already said, uh, no, we're definitely going to roll this back? Or is it just, we'll try to protect Anwar?
2: Um,
0: President-elect Biden's Website specifically names the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge as a place for permanent protection. So we're excited about that and and optimistic. but again, we think that there can be bipartisan support for Congress also acting to protect the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge. and so we'll work both to encourage President-elect Biden to permanently protect the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge and also continue to encourage our members of Congress to do the same.
1: This is a big deal. This is a ecologically incredibly fragile area, home to many uh, endangered species. And, and we really don't need any more fossil fuels. We really don't. Ellen Montgomery no. with environmentamerica.org. ENVAM is the Twitter handle. Ellen, thanks so much for dropping by. It's great talking to
0: you. Thanks so much, Tom.
2: Explore more stories like Alex's
0: at Meta.com slash Metaverse Impact.
1: Talking freedom and what freedom means, and one of the aspects of it that I talked about is you're not free if you're sick, particularly if you can't afford to pay for your own health care and nobody has been more on the front lines of this than National Nurses United, nationalnursesunited.org, the largest nurses union in the country and one of the biggest advocates for a national uh, single-payer healthcare system. Marissa Lee, a registered nurse with National Nurses United, she's the nurse leader is uh, with National Nurses, by the way, is the Twitter handle, is uh, on the line with us. Uh, Marissa, I understand there's a new study that shows that hospitals in many cases Most of these giant corporate hospitals, in fact, uh, 53 of the top 100 in the country are owned by that one company that Rick Scott used to run, that he committed the largest Medicare fraud in the history of the United States and then took that money and became governor of Florida and now senator from Florida. That uh, these hospitals, you know, in retail... If you go into a store and you buy, you know, a piece of clothing that costs twelve dollars, uh, Keystone is the normal markup in retail. It's called Keystone, which which means that if you if you buy a, a twenty dollar uh, shirt, it costs the store ten dollars. In other words, they double the price at retail. But eighteen times? Is that what I'm seeing here? That's exactly what you're seeing here. First of all, thank you for giving me
2: this opportunity to talk to you. But 18 times, so if you have an item that is $100, the hospital is charging $1,800 for that item.
1: That and is mind boggling. Yes,
2: yes, it is. Yes, it is. And as a nurse, I see the consequences of people not getting. Healthcare or being afraid to go to the hospital because of the cost. So now we see patients that are sicker. Okay, I'm a labor and delivery nurse. I've been a labor and delivery nurse for 36 years, and you would think that it's, you know, for mothers having babies, um, it would be easy. I have a patient, my favorite patient, and she comes in every week. She's full-time employed but can't afford the deductibles of her insurance, cannot afford to go see seek prenatal care. So she seeks prenatal care at the hospital. What is that saying? That this country is falling apart medically. And what I mean by that is that the cost of getting Care has increased almost 411%. So most of us can't afford to get any kind of health care, any kind. And if you do, it's the minimum. And then your co pays and your premiums are going to be astronomical.
1: Okay. Yeah, it really is nuts. I grew up in Michigan. First two businesses that I started were in Michigan, and this was back in the 70s. You know, we had a, a, a little business with 18 employees. We we provided health care to all of our employees. Um, I remember it very well because I wrote the checks, and it cost me $35 per month per employee, and that was for, for a full family policy. But in Michigan at that time, uh, this was in Lansing Michigan the three hospitals in Lansing st. Lawrence was run by the Catholic Church Sparrow was run by a nonprofit foundation that was endowed by a guy named Sparrow back in the reoles days uh, back <laughs> in the 20s and and then the third one was Ingham County it was run by the county all three hospitals were nonprofit hospitals the uh, the law in Michigan required that the insurance that that I was providing my employees which was Blue Cross Blue Shield was provided by a nonprofit corporation that was state-based it was Blue Cross blue Shield of Michigan, and it was nonprofit, and and expenses were not that great. Our you know our oldest kid was born 45 years ago, and at St Mary's Hospital in Livonia. At that time, I was working as an engineer at RCA. I don't recall, and I wasn't making a lot of money. I mean, I was kind of on the bottom of the food chain in, in the engineering world. I don't recall paying a penny in terms of co-pays or anything, and that was in a fancy hospital. But again, it was a nonprofit hospital. It was run by the Catholic Church. What has changed? How did this change, and how do we get it back? How do we get back to some sense of normalcy? Okay. What
2: has changed, hospitals have become a corporation, a corporation for profit. It's not any longer about the patient, it's about making profits. For example, the corporation that I work for is the biggest, biggest offender, and I work for HCA, the biggest offender of market gouging, increasing prices, and yet, as a nurse, as a frontline nurse, I don't have the equipment to take care of those patients. And I don't have the equipment to protect myself. What do we need to do? We need to have a universal care system like Medicare for All. And people are saying that Medicare for All is a socialist, but it's not a socialist. We're taking care of our patients we're taking care of our people and we're nobody's left behind people nowadays fall to the crack and when they come into this hospital to my hospital they are really really sick medicare for all will provide preventive care so patients don't wait till they're in extreme they're not deathly ill we need to focus on what our society needs. It's not being provided. ACA was the leading step, but we need to take it a little further. And that's where Medicare for All comes into play. It takes it a little farther, looks at the individual, doesn't forget that individual that fell to the crack, doesn't forget that pregnant woman that can't get any health insurance because her co-pays are so high and she's, you know, she's fully employed. Doesn't forget that individual.
1: We're talking with Marissa Lee, uh, RN, the nurse leader at National Nurses United. uh, NationalNursesUnited.org is the website, the Twitter handle, at National Nurses. One of the premier nursing organizations in the country and one of the leading advocates in this nation for single-payer health care and has been for a long time, had so much admiration for you all. What sort of changes are you seeing on the horizon now that new administration is going to be coming in. Are you and the folks in your union getting the sense that Medicare for all or something close to that might be a possibility?
2: I I see that. I see that because it's not about the previous administration was, was about that one top percent. This administration is looking at the total Not forgetting that lower middle class or or lower class or those that can't afford. Whereas the previous administration, it was about the profit. Those that that were at the top 1%. And everybody else was irrelevant. Everybody else was, they're fine. They'll do fine. They're fine. Just like, Mm. you know, he said this pandemic was a hoax. I've seen the effects of this pandemic, so, hmm.
1: Marissa, in Utah, one of the hospitals there is reporting that they're getting these COVID truthers, people trying to sneak into the hospital with cameras, thinking that they're going to find that the ICU is actually empty and there's no COVID patients there. Have you (laughs) seen anything like that where you're practicing?
2: Okay, in, in, I'm in Florida, uh, not to this moment, but I will gladly show them the COVID unit. I will gladly yeah. welcome them in and show them how an abundance and the shifting of patients, and the shifting of patients that are still COVID positive, but we need the bed for a sicker patient. So I will That's welcome amazing. them. I will definitely welcome yeah. them uh,
1: within within the boundaries of, of uh, you know privacy and all that, of course. Exactly, uh, Marissa Lee. The, yeah, thank you. The, the nurse leader at National Nurses United, nationalnursesunited.org. Marissa, thanks so much.
2: Thank Mark. you for giving thank me you. your, your time and listening to my, my plea. My this
1: is the Tom Hartman Program. National Nurses United is just a great organization and worthy of your support. Dr. Mark Plotkin is the co-founder and president of the Amazon Conservation Team, amazonteam.org. He's the author of several books, including his most recent, The Killers Within, The Deadly Rise of Drug-Resistant Bacteria. He's going to be speaking at Bioneers. His Twitter handle is DocMarkPlotkin, P L O T K I N, or AmazonTeamOrg. And uh, Dr. Plotkin, welcome to the program. I understand you also have a newer book coming out. Uh, What's the title of that?
3: From Oxford Press. It's called The Amazon, What Everyone Needs to Know, ranges from ayahuasca to climate change and everything in between.
1: Okay, so here in the, in the West, I woke up this morning coughing. My lungs are still not fully recovered from the uh, week-long experience we had here in Portland where the smoke from the fires, you know, much of our state was on fire, and the smoke was so dense. Uh, one day I actually did my show wearing a KN95 mask because my lungs and my throat were so raw. The water exhaust pipe from our heating system drains the AC condensate out, actually that condensate it was so full of these particles that it burned through the copper pipe and was leaking into the wall i mean this is this is just awful stuff but how do when you've got massive forest fires going on and more to come as a result of climate change and you're trying to engage in conservation you know and you're trying to protect or make healthier forests how do we do that and what can we learn from the people of the Amazon, the people that you are so closely connected to, about this?
3: Well, Tom, you've been a champion of climate change, and I think the world is waking up to this, for better or worse, mostly for worse. And when we see forests burning down in the Amazon, we think, well, we've got our own problems at home because we've got forest fires in California. We've got forest fires in Napa, endangering the world's wine supply. But the shamans with whom I work say it's all the same thing. It's all connected. Some people on your show, would call this the butterfly effect. What happens there affects us here and vice versa.
1: What lessons can we learn from how indigenous people in the Amazon are dealing with this? Or is it that they are as helpless in the face of this climate change induced these climate change induced wildfires as we appear to be
3: work with a group called the Kogis in Colombia. some of the most traditional people in the world and they've been talking about their glaciers melting for thirty years nobody listened mm-hmm. but this is the price we pay by not listening because these people are closer to the earth they're better stewards of the earth and we need to listen to them when they're sounding the alarm because the result of that is the fires in napa uh, the fires in the boreal forest in the north the fires in the amazon What do we do? Well, we need to be better stewards of our planet, not just our country, not just our state, because we all interconnected. I'm talking more about this on a webinar I'm doing on the Amazon and what it means for us. So you can check Mm -hmm. that out on our Facebook page, amazonteam.org, and then I'll be talking about this more extensively at the upcoming Bioneers Conference. So I hope people will tune in from that. But the bottom line is we need to be better citizens of our own planet, better citizens of the Arctic, better citizens of the temperate zone where we live, better stewards of of the rainforest as
1: well. And what steps make us, what things that we can do make us better stewards? I would
3: say the first thing is for people to get involved. You know, conservation begins at home but it's a global situation that's interconnected so reforestation everywhere is always good better protection of endangered species at the current administration one of their many 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 stupid moves as you pointed out have been trying to gut the protection for these things better protection of human rights because ultimately protecting the environment is about protecting us that's what we believe at the Amazon conservation team and the conservation world the rest of the conservation world and hopefully now the government is waking up to as well
1: Fascinating stuff, Dr. Mark Plotkin. Doc Mark Plotkin on Twitter and your uh, website was uh, AmazonTeam.org. Thank you very much for dropping That's right. by, Doc. Okay, Great talking Tom. With Thank you. you very much. And Pleasure. I look forward to your binaires talk.